Hi, everybody, and welcome to Virginia Tech's First Generation Podcast for both parents and students. This is the first one we have ever recorded, so you are in on the ground floor for what I think is really exciting experience. So uh, I'm Alex Parrish. I'm the Director of Communications and Undergraduate Admissions, and uh, I am a first-generation student. I um, grew up in Kentucky and now work at Virginia Tech, so I'm going to toss it to my colleagues across the table and uh, let them introduce themselves as well. I am Dr. Charmaine Troy. I am the inaugural Program Director for First Generation Student Support. I am also a first gen student um, and I have been at Virginia Tech for about uh, four months now in this position. Uh, I'm Leah Strouth. I'm a sophomore at Virginia Tech and I'm majoring in psychology. I'm from Monticello, Georgia and I'm a first generation student too. I'm vice president of the first generation student organization here on campus. All right, so um, what, what we kind of want to do with this podcast, since this is the first one that we've ever done, is uh, give you a glimpse into what the first-generation experience is like for students on campus, and especially for parents. Uh, the definition of a first-generation student is someone whose parents did not graduate from college. So we hope to also give parents a glimpse into uh, what the student experience, experience is like. So um, as you, if you are a parent who did not go to college, as you're trying to help your student along and help them prepare for college, uh, hopefully this will help you uh, get a better idea of what you can do to help them out. So uh, that's really what we want to accomplish with this podcast, and hopefully our experiences will help inform that. But um, we have uh, we have a question that we want to kind of hover around today, and uh, Dr. Troy, you want to start us out with the topic that we're looking at today? Sure. So the topic that we're going to be looking at today is how do we prepare our first-gen students uh, for college and arriving on campus? How do we how do we get them to prepare? before their arrival, what do we need to let them know um, to do, complete, bring with them um, as they arrive here at Virginia Tech? So Yeah, so we, we want to kind of look at that from the student perspective first. So yes. the, the best way to do that is talk to a student. Absolutely. So um, what's the student perspective look like to get prepared? Um, I definitely recommend doing your research like on a multitude of things, like what your dorm style is, like what items you need to bring, like are you going to be living in a communal bathroom or a suite style. Uh, be sure to connect with your roommates really far in advance before your move-in day so you know who's going to bring what, like your fridge versus your microwave. I know my freshman roommate, we shared, so she brought the microwave and I brought the refrigerator. And you need to decide if that's what you're going to need. Personally on campus, I brought... Um, so I brought the refrigerator and she brought the microwave, but at the same time, I had the biggest meal plan on campus because I'm here on scholarship, thankfully, but, so I didn't really, really find the needs for a refrigerator, so if it's not something that you need, so it, it might be excessive to spend money on it, so I try to decide that well in advance, how much you're going to think you're, need, you're going to need, but my roommate on the other hand had a smaller meal plan, so she really did need the refrigerator. Uh, decide who's going to bring, like some of the more common items to the dorms, like a vacuum cleaner if your dorm is carpeted, a rug if you want one for a hardwood floor, and just stuff like that. I would look for clubs well in advance too via Gobbler Connect on campus. That's how I found both the clubs I'm involved in. And it really kind of helps to give you a sense of community before you're even on campus. So Leah, I want to ask you about the, um, you were talking about like all the things that you bring, like sometimes you need that, sometimes you don't. Um, can you remember back, like, uh, when you when you were getting ready to make that first trip to campus, like, um, the things that you thought, oh, I must have this because this is what college is like, versus when you got here, like, the, the, the things that you found to be true that sort of might have changed your mind about what you thought you had to have, like, to, to function well on campus? 
Yeah, I remember coming to campus in a 1999 Ford Explorer that, like, rocked if it went too fast, going down the highway, and it was loaded down with, like, three totes in my fridge and just a bunch of stuff, and I ended up sending two of those totes home. What was that? Just, like, just my, like, knickknacks and stuff from home that I never really put up. Uh, I had, like, one tote that was just filled with school supplies. I was like, yeah, I'm going to need all of this stuff. I need 300 erasers. Yes. No. (laughs) You really just... You need what you would use in high school via school supplies, honestly. I don't even really use a notebook for every single class here, but I had, like, a binder for every class. I had, you know paper for every class wait till you get here wait till your first like week of classes I know that sounds like outrageous especially if you're a planner like me but like you'll go to your classroom and be like I just need like a one subject notebook for this I don't even need a binder and it'll be fine you'll do well in the class um just know like if you're gonna need books or if you'll need a binder for the book you're getting because some of the textbooks here are loose leaf um I remember sending home a tote that had like for some reason, I decided to bring, like, three blankets. I'm like, what if I get cold? And I'm like, <laughs> it was just some stuff I was like, oh, I can't live without this. And I definitely could. <laughs> so I have to ask, did you find that you got um, really cold? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. But my I lived in West Ambler Johnson, so the, the heat and, like, temperature was regulated throughout, you know? I just... For some reason, I was like, yeah, I need all this. So was there anything, like a thing that you could have brought to get ready? Is there anything that when you got here, you thought, oh, wow, I wish I had brought a one of these? Was there any, anything like that? I really wish that I had brought, like, a new book bag. So I was still using the book bag that I had in high school, and it was, like, a cheap Walmart book bag. And I was like, oh, God, I should have, like, dished out on a new one. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need to. It did end up breaking halfway through my freshman year. But I didn't need one right then, so, like, the zipper broke on it. But it was that. I was like, I'm not going to be able to without it, but I did without it for a while. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's interesting. Like, we don't think about things like book bags. Yeah. But, like, practically speaking, like, the way that your class schedule goes, like, the things that you have to, like, heft around with you, like, describe, like, your perfect book bag, like, what you're going to carry and how much weight it carries oh, and, like, it, what it question. needs to endure. Yeah, so my book bag that I tote around right now looks just outrageous. Um so I'm looking at her thing over here, and it looks tactical. <laughs> it does. I'm 6'5", yeah. and it's as big as me. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I always, like... For some reason, freshman year, I remember going on all my classes, and I had all my books. I had, like, a total of four or five books for, like, my classes on Mondays and Tuesdays, and I'd always carry everything with me at all times. I'm like, what if I decide to study randomly? What if I do this? <laughs> like, I had to be prepared. Like, I always try to keep a textbook with me because I'm... I just, like, oh, what if I'm studying? And I never do. Uh, don't do that. You're just going to hurt your back. Yes. <laughs> like, just make, if you think you're going to study, then tell yourself you're going to study and don't bring every single textbook you own. Bring, like, one and focus on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to keep, now that, like, I've bumped down, uh, I try to keep my laptop, a planner, uh, something to jot down notes on, and a class notebook. Um, I think I have one big five-subject notebook for all my classes, and it's worked out very well for me. Yeah, I was definitely going to suggest the, the planner. Uh, students need to definitely get a planner yeah, I would uh, lose before my you mind. get here. Um, so make sure you invest in a planner. Time management is so important um, when you get to campus, so make sure you buy a planner. Do you think most students would uh, use like a paper planner, or do you think that there do you think there's like a, a phone or like a Google Assistant? Oh yeah, popularity. Yeah, because I do use uh, Google Calendar. Um, yeah. I suggest Google Calendar. It depends on. I say it depends on the student. 
So personally, I like to write things down in paper Same. because I remember them better, but I transfer everything I have on the paper to Google Calendar so mm -hmm. I get the notification because it's really nice to have the notification that like, oh, you got to do this. So like Dr. Troy likes to use Google Calendar to send us mm -hmm. invites for meetings and mm -hmm. I would forget, honestly, if she didn't <laughs> do that. So <laughs> I, I do like the paper planner though. I recommend having something that has the big month and then has something you can jot down notes on with each individual day in case you have a bigger like workload that day so you can individualize like what I need to do for studying this day. Um, I have a notebook too that I like to write down like my to-do list for the week or the day that really helps me like to not forget something. Yeah. So there, you, you mentioned a few tools there that I think um, like not everybody may be completely familiar with. So like it, it's a big transition to go from like living with your parents to like learning to live on your own, you know? So um, like what have you found? Like, I didn't know how to use like Google Planner or Google whatever. Or, calendar. Yeah, Calendar. Mm -hmm. Like all those things that you may not have known how to use in high school. What, what are some of the most valuable tools that you have found um, were critical tools once you got here? Honestly, this is going to sound so silly, but email. I did not use email at all in high school. And now I like check it every single day. I know a lot of students on campus who don't check their email regularly, and I feel and like I'm just, I'm trying to like plug on for like the campus here, but like genuinely check your email every day. Yes. You're going to miss something. Mm -hmm. I get like, I see students who have like, like a thousand hundred emails on their school email and it just makes me like, yeah. even like your updates and like your promotions, because like every folder and that's promotion, that's how you're going to get notified about your grades. That's how you're going to get notified about if your club is meeting and you know, if you miss something, it's on you, you know. Right. You know, there could be scholarship opportunities in your yeah. email. Yeah. Uh, opportunities like, to study abroad, something. I have to do stuff to maintain my scholarship, and I accidentally did, like, something wrong. But I, and I didn't know about it, but I got an email about that. And if I hadn't have checked my email, I probably would have lost my funding. And that would have been yeah. a bad time for me because... Money is nice, but... Do you think a lot of administrative stuff comes through email, or do you think other I think like, departments communicate other ways? Everything comes through email. I've never gotten, like, a letter from the... Maybe I'm just missing them, but I have not gotten a letter from the school, like, from, like, the registrar's office or financial aid office. It's always through email. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we kind of went into, um, like, physical things that you can do, but, like, as you're looking for what it would actually mean to become a student here are there like institutional things like that you didn't know like how to apply for scholarships how to apply for uh, how to get into clubs things like that like the things that will help you get ready to actually live here that you kind of had to learn once you got here like practical personal stuff so I knew what clubs I wanted to join I knew I wanted to be part of 1G at VT and the academic What's that? what is that it's the first generation student organization on campus yes. that I'm vice president of. And the academic competition organization, which is basically like Team Jeopardy. It's like oh, the yeah. most basic way I can describe it. It's a lot of trivia. But can you describe it in the form of a question? <laughs> what, is, what is team what is team based Jeopardy? Uh, um, it's a lot more complicated than that. It's just like yeah. the layman's term that we use at Gobblerfest. So I found yeah. it out Gobblerfest and I like I remember running around Gobbler's Fest. What is Gobblerfest? Okay, so Gobbler Fest is a big, just like, I guess, meeting of all the clubs. How many clubs do you think attend Gobbler Fest, Dr. Troy? Oh, wow. Well, I heard that you all have about between six to 800 organizations here. Uh, I think there's closer to 900 in existence, but I don't know. Yeah, how many, yeah but how many are in existence? Yeah. It was a lot of Gobbler Fest. I'm not exactly sure yeah. how you know, many. And it's, I would definitely say over probably two, 300. It's all of that packed onto the drill field with like a Ferris wheel in the middle of it. Yep. So. 
I was running around trying to find the clubs that I wanted. I didn't find either, but I still remember getting the email from the, cur- the, the former president of 1G at VT, and that's how I joined that. And I kind of just honestly stalked the academic team and found out where they were meeting and just showed up. <laughs> so it was really confused on how to join the club. I was like, oh, God, what if I can't just show up? And it literally on Gobbler Connect, they have how you can join the club, and it's like, just show up. And yeah. I was still like, ah. That sounds complicated. But, um, yeah, I, most of the time you just have to email the president. Cause some clubs do have dues. I know a friend of mine who's in pre-vet, and I think they have to pay dues. So, like, and stuff like that, it's kind of harder to join at a certain time. It's got to be, like, at the beginning of the semester. Mm-hmm. But some stuff isn't, like, as strict. Like, the clubs, that organizations that I'm a part of, we're just kind of, like, at all times, we're like, yeah. You know, we're welcome with open arms. Mm-hmm. So another, like, practical thing I think that students, um, probably is on a lot of people's minds is, uh, how do I eat, right? So you talked about refrigerators and microwaves in your room, but like if I'm going to get myself ready for college, I've gotten in, like is the am I going to be able to find food on campus or do I need to be like stockpiling ramen noodles like in a cabinet somewhere? Oh my gosh. So I don't like ramen noodles. Which is like, <laughs> either. Which is like crazy for a college student. I just don't like them. Yeah, I, I wasn't into that either. Never have. <laughs> so I was immediately like, Virginia Tech has a lot of dining options. They, I actually work in one of the dining halls. So basically, you know, you show up, swipe your meal plan, and pay for your food. You, If you have a meal plan on campus, you get half off for everything. Yes, please. Which is great because I think the biggest one is like over $900, and it takes forever to whittle that thing down. I'm off campus this semester, and I had like a $400 meal plan, and I'm still not done with it wow. like yeah. take some friends out to lunch is what I would do. yeah <laughs> but so just know if you're going to eat more on campus and if not I would don't survive for ramen noodles it's just not good for you you know I'm not trying to be a mom or anything but it's just not good um yeah there's chemicals in there yeah thankfully uh, my parents especially my mother taught me how to cook so if I had to cook I could make something that was vaguely nutritious like so figure out if you're going to have to cook for yourself more that you know kind of how to cook before you leave. Another thing that just reminded me of, know, know how to do your laundry. A lot of students come to campus and have to do their own laundry, and they just don't know how. And it's just really simple. Uh, ask your parents about these things because they probably just don't even realize you're confused about them. They're there to help you. Oh, also, one thing, another thing that I'm thinking that you need to also know before you get here is, is how to, if you don't know how to balance a checkbook, <laughs> or to manage your money. Please learn that before you get here. Uh, especially, you know, learn from your parents if, if they do that sort of thing. Make sure you sit down and ask mom and dad how to balance a checkbook, how to write a check. Make sure there's money in your checking account when you write that check so it won't bounce. What bouncing your check means. Uh, all that good stuff. And another thing that I noticed when I was doing uh, move-in uh, when you find out the dorms that you live in, please find out if they have air conditioning or not. <laughs> that was very fan. important. <laughs> that was my big thing for my dorm. I went to Hokey Focus on campus, mm. and there is one dorm that had a sign that says, we have AC, and I was like, Dad, I'm living there. And that was it. Like, And also, Dr. Tori, you might have to teach me how to balance a checkbook because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> oh, no, girl! So Hokey, okay, Hokey we're Focus. We're going to have to do that this semester. <laughs> yes, we are. Hokey Focus is, is an admissions event. That's where I work. And uh, if you are offered admission to Virginia Tech, you can come to that, and that'll give you one more time to look at the campus before you make your decision. So that's coming up uh, in April, I think. So uh, we're about the halfway mark. So I want to uh, break in and do a, a quick trivia question. Uh, and we will answer this later on. And the name and that the trivia question is this: How many students who enter college are first generation? 
And uh, the people in the room with here, uh, in the room with me, know the answer to that, so they're not allowed to answer. <laughs> but uh, we'll come back to that and answer that question later. How many students entering college are first generation? But we want to kind of shift gears. Uh, we've talked a lot about the, the student perspective, but I know we have a lot of parents who uh, are probably, uh, if you haven't had the experience of college or or um, you didn't have it a lot, maybe you're wondering, how do I help my student uh, navigate these waters? Because it seems unfamiliar and maybe a little bit intimidating, and we, we just want to uh, take that away. So uh, I'm going to lean on Dr. Troy and also Leah for uh, their perspective, because it's been a while since I had to talk <laughs> to my parents about my college experience. Um, but how, just maybe like the topics that we've already talked about, like how do parents help their student like get ready for this really new and unfamiliar experience that they're heading into? Um, I would say one of the very first things that you need to make sure is that you have helped your child submit their FAFSA. So, um, What's the FAFSA? I don't know the acronym. <laughs> it's the, I, I'll get that. That's a good <laughs> question. It's the Federal Application for Free Student Aid. Yes. Yeah, there and that go. is free government money for people who have uh, financial aid needs. Well, sometimes they put loans, that they package loans right, in, yeah, into yeah. The, the, the package. So we really don't want to take loans if we don't have to. Um, if you have to t- have to take loans, uh, being cognizant of what you take, you don't have to take the whole thing if they offer it to you. Yeah, and I'll break in just because I happen to know this. Um, when you get your offer packet, if your student is applying and if they are offered admission, your offer packet will have an explanation of loans versus grants versus mm-hmm. work study and all that good stuff. I know in my financial aid packet, I was offered the full ride with one like comprehensive presidential scholarship. However, they still did try to offer me loans. So make sure you're going to need them if you take them because they might try to like slide them in there. Because I definitely was definitely covered, but they still were like, here's a loan if you want it. And I'm like, why would I want that? But just make sure that if you need to take out a loan that you need to take out the loan. Uh, so that's a, there's a, a question about that. Um, so because I lived at home and I went to college. So how do you know, right? If I'm looking here in my in my packet, I see maybe I've gotten a, a full scholarship, uh, and I know like because I heard Leah talk on a podcast, I know about how much I might need for a meal plan. But how do you know if you are going to need to take out additional loans? Like do you is do you are there like a lot of other expenses, or can you use like the standard like this is how much college costs like on the financial aid website? How do you know like what's so, it? They list a bunch of fees for tuition and fees and room and board are stuff you're going to have to pay. But a couple of other fees that they put and calculate into the cost are stuff like travel and like your supplies that you're going to need. And it's like books. I'm not going to spend like $100 on travel, you know, at college. So, you know, I'm saving money and they think they allotted like $1,000 for books. And I'm like, no. So I, that's probably why they put the loan in there honestly, but just kind of see if your financial aid covers what you know you're going to use. I don't have a car, so I don't need to pay for travel. I just, I'm just like, dad, come get me. And he comes to get me. Like that's his expense. Then. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not my problem. <laughs> so Dr. Troy, you're talking about helping balance checkbooks and like, uh, I agree with Leah. I could probably use some help on that too. But, <laughs> so if, if like, let's say I've gotten financial aid and then I've gotten a loan. So if I get a loan, they're going to give me a big check, right? Yes. So how do I handle that experience? Like if I'm a parent and I see that my parent, my, my child has gotten this check for $5,000 or whatever, oh, like how do they help them like spend that money wisely so it does, we don't get halfway through the semester and they're like, oh, exactly. hey, mom, I don't have any money. Like, exactly. Have you had any, any feedback from students on that? Yeah, I actually have my own personal feedback <laughs> on that experience um, because what you – 
the money that they're giving you is for technically each semester. So you definitely don't want to waste it all um, and, you know, go shopping for unnecessary things. Uh, I mean, you use it for your books. You use it for your meal plan or your meals if you decide to, you know, go to the grocery store and buy things. Um, but you also need to learn how to... It would be great if students knew how to do a budget or budget have a budget for each month and stick to it and stick to the budget because for me when I was an undergrad there were a lot of parties parties cost money there's new outfits yes stuff like that <laughs> and so the money was spent and then by you know like October I'm completely broke and I'm like where's my money mm -hmm. um, so what did you I do spent then? it all. Uh, Call mom and dad. Mm. Send me some apples and uh, <laughs> not wrong. I just had to kind of you know make it on my own at point until spring rolled around. But that's something you definitely don't want to happen. Mm -hmm. You want to plan out each month what you have to spend your money on. So, Doctor, I'm sorry. Make sure you take care of the expenses that are necessary. Like I've had a lot of students in the past who did not buy their books from the very beginning and use their money for other things and. Um, you know, when time rolled around, they got exams and things like that. They didn't have the book. And you need your books or codes or whatever you got to purchase. Make sure that is all done. So what, what do you hear from parents? Because you talk to parents a lot. Yeah. Uh, what do you hear most often from them? I wish I knew this or I wish I knew how to help my student with this. Like, is there anything that you hear a lot from them that they seem like seems to be common ground that they want more education about? Um, I think it's just... I think it's more of the academic side that I hear more parents are concerned about, and I wish I could help my student navigate how to, you know, how to have conversations with their professors better, um, mm -hmm. or how to, you know, um, I just had a, a student who could not find a tutor for a certain class here, um, and uh, that was a huge topic of the conversation. Is you know, where can I find tutors at for my child? I wish I could help my child navigate getting a tutor or someone to help her in this this subject. Yeah, so that that's that to me, um, like if I'm a parent, let's say I'm out of state, maybe, you know, like I live in like Iowa, mm -hmm. and my, my, my student is going to school in Virginia, like I, I could imagine there would be like a feeling of helplessness, like they need this and I don't know how to get it for them. So is there like a, a place to help them out, like when they need answers, other than you obviously, which is a great resource. Yes, I always invite parents to contact me uh, via phone or email and, um, I can help students uh, get whatever they need to get or refer them to someone who can help them. Like We do have a referral uh, network here at Virginia Tech. So for tutoring, since you brought that up, like tutoring specifically, um, how would you advise them to like find their student a tutor or to like... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Help, help their students? Yeah, use your resources um, yeah. because some students come to campus and um, don't want to lean on that resource because they feel like they feel stupid if they do, mm -hmm. when they really should go ahead and um, go ahead and just, you know, use the resource. Um, so I think it's very important for students not to um, feel like they um, uh, can't go and use that resource or, or feel ashamed of using their resources. Now you've hit on something important there, I think. So uh, this certainly was the case for me, uh, thinking so many years back when I started college, like if if the college experience isn't something that your family has uh, participated in in the past, I, I think that there is a, a potential there that you could feel like, well, I don't belong here. 
like this isn't for me. Like everybody who who's here is a uh, is much more experienced and is much more well suited than I am. Yes, I've had a number of conversations with students about that very topic um, this semester, as a matter of fact, because um, I had a student actually tell me that he didn't feel like his voice was heard. Yeah. Um, that other students weren't paying attention to him because he was first gen. So how do you help students in that situation? Um, I I encourage them to keep speaking up and to that and tell them that they are a part of this conversation. They got into Virginia Tech. They're just as smart as everyone else. Yeah. And, you know, get your voice heard, speak up and, you know, also embrace your identity and who you are and let other people know who you are. Yeah. Working in the admissions office, I can definitely second that because um, like we put students in programs that we feel like can succeed in those programs. Like if you were offered admission into architecture or geography or multimedia journalism, whatever, like you were put there because we looked at your grades, we looked at your background, and we said, it looks like you you can make it. So I would say uh, if you're a first-generation student and you feel like you are in a situation where you can't succeed because of where you come from, I would say that's absolutely not true. And uh, Dr. Troy certainly can help you um, maybe help navigate your way through that a little bit better. <laughs> so let's do uh, the, the trivia question real quick. We had uh, the question, how many students enter as a first-generation student who, whose parents did not go to, to did not um, graduate from college previously? So according to a 2010 study by the Department of Education, that is 50%. So if you are a first-generation student and you are thinking, well, there's nobody like me there, like get three people in a room and there's a real good chance that if you and one other person are, that one of you and one other person will be first generation because it's about half. And I think like that was a 2010 study. I think it's actually gone up a little bit since then and is expecting to keep rising. So uh, definitely first generation populations are uh, very present on the campus that you'll be on. Absolutely. Um, and we do have a new student who has joined us. Uh, I want to introduce Kiara. Uh, she is one of our first gen students here at Virginia Tech. She um, is a sophomore. So welcome to the conversation, Kiara. Hi, guys. So one topic that we haven't discussed, it certainly was something that uh, applied to me in college, is working. Like, if you can work while you are studying. I worked, I think, from the time I was 16, actually. I've had a job. Uh, so I worked at a movie rental store. Those don't exist anymore. Um, but uh, talking to our two students, um, have you worked on campus? And if you have, um, how, how did that go, like, trying to balance work and studies? Well, um, I work at the Career and Professional Development Center here at Virginia Tech, and balancing work life and school life, it takes a few trials. Well, of course, it took a few trials for me. Um, my grades did slack a little bit when I was putting a little bit more um, attention on work, but throughout time, you decide, like, which one is more of a priority and school is a priority for me so and then you have to talk with your supervisor like my supervisor understood the fact that I am a student and I am a first generation student so like things take a toll on me differently than a regular student so I was able to talk to her and we figured out a different work schedule for me and it all worked out at the end of the semester. What did you find was like, because you know, having had that experience, how do you like get ahead of that and make sure that you keep your job and your, your studies balanced? Is there a way to do that? So, um, Dr. Troy introduced me to Google Calendar. <laughs> yes. We were just talking about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Google Calendar will be your best friend in doing, in trying to balance out your school life. Even if you just do school, like, 
your studies and um, like different extracurricular activities like events or um, parties and stuff, Google Calendar is your right-hand man, is your best friend. And Dr. Troy has introduced the fact that I need to plan out my entire day and go buy it by that. That's right. Yeah. I think we need to ask Google if they'd be willing to sponsor this podcast. Oh, no. That's <laughs> so many props for Google. <laughs> Leah, what about you? So I got my first job ever when I first came to campus as a freshman. Uh, I work at Dietrich Express on campus as a student assistant manager. Uh, dining services at Virginia Tech is probably the biggest employer on campus. I'm pretty sure it is. For um, students, for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. For students. Uh, they don't really have a competitive application, so you just come in as wage, and it's great pay for your if it's your first job especially. And since they do have a lot of students, they're super willing to work with you. There have been some days where... I normally work on Wednesdays, but I told them that I had an organization meeting once a month on Wednesdays, so they let me have that day off every month. And I think that balancing work and study was definitely difficult for me at first. Uh, I try to clock in around 30 hours a week on top of my studies. And there's a lot of like my people who are my mentors in the past and been like, that's crazy, like you need to cut down on work and you know, that you're doing too much. But I think don't really let anyone tell you that that kind of stuff isn't possible because this semester I clocked in around 30 hours on average. I probably dropped below that some, but I was doing like two clubs and working and my grades are still like all A's. So it's, you just got to have the good work ethic if you're going to work and study on campus. So what happens to the money? Like if you work for the university, they just put all your money straight into your like uh, food account or something, or do you actually get money? You, like, actually get money. You, uh, <laughs> you set up a direct deposit, or I think they can pay you in checks, and they just deposit the paycheck into your bank every two weeks. And then you can learn to use your checkbook. That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, I have a, a debit card. Swipe, swipe, swipe. You better be recording those swipes in your checkbook. There's an app register. No, man. We do a whole series on app. <laughs> Well, we are at time. It's uh, we're at the time thirty minute mark, so we uh, we're going to sign off for now. But uh, once again, um, my name is Alex Pierce. I'm the director of communications and undergraduate admissions. And let's go around the table one more time and just uh, say who we are again. And I am Dr. Charmaine Troy. I'm the program director for first generation student support. I'm Leah Straub, vice president of One G at VT. And I'm Kiera Johnson. I'm the treasurer of the Student African American Sisterhood. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Certainly, if you have topics that you would like to hear in the future, you can send those to Dr. Charmaine Troy. The uh, the want to send them to you? Yes. Yeah, sure. she's always always wants to hear topics, especially from uh, first generation parents. Yes. Uh, C Troy at vt.edu or uh, via Twitter at vt first gen. All right. So uh, thank you for listening today, and we will talk to you next time on First Generation Unscripted. Uh-huh.